You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we rewatch Star Wars television shows and we talk about them too much. We are currently covering uh, Star Wars Rebels episodes 8 and 9? 7 and 8? Yes, I think so. Uh, Regardless, Empire Day and Gathering Forces. Yeah, the the ones that are just out of... You're listening to this in order. You know which ones we did last time. Uh, but before we jump into those, Ryan has uh, has a bit for us. I do, I do. Uh, if you had to spend an entire year in one room from Star Wars, what room? Oh boy, wow, yeah. that's a weird one. Um, I know. Sinjir Rathvelis's bedroom. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. All right. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, because of <laughs> because of sex reasons. <laughs> I thought maybe you just liked his bed sheets and wanted to get inspiration from the I, decor or something. I'm glad you clarified though, because it was it was it was ambiguous. I mean, he is classy, so I'm sure he's got nice sheets. Oh, totally. Um, if not that, uh, Lando's Falcon, the like hangout room. So the problem with your answer is that I can't think of a point in time in his entire life when Sinjir would have had a nice bedroom that's not like an Imperial barracks or like the the gunship or whatever, but Condor wouldn't be around. So you're going to have to do something about him. I'm sure Condor and I can come to an agreement. <laughs> oh man that's fair that's fair you're charming I, I think you got this i have a very high charisma score <laughs> what about for you um dex's diner if they have vegan options and uh oh i'm sure not, they, do. they probably do and if not uh chef gourmanda's kitchen because with four arms and counting really we don't know that she didn't have more arms under that dress um she kept pulling them out until Mala shut the TV off. I mean, with four arms, one of them has to be able to do vegan options. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Dex's Diner or Chef Gourmand. I love how, like, maybe it's because I'm a little hungry, already ready for lunch. Like, food's on my mind. Something else we're, is on yours. That's fair. We're both just thirsty. I, yes, that's, that's very fair. <laughs> Different kinds of thirsty. Man, I wonder if Dex has a liquor license. That, Ooh, that might affect my decision. Padme's closet, not for any like weird pervy reasons, but just she she has the best clothes. True. Oh, true. That would just be fun. I mean, I'm sure I'd get hungry yeah. after a year, but it's Naboo. They'd 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 bring me food. Yeah, they'd take like, care they, of they, you. They would know that there's some sort of weird magical spell thing keeping oh, me yeah. there. So yeah. No, Naboo is space Italy. Your problem would be like allowing them like them allowing you to stop eating please, please stop their, feeding me please yeah they're, they're space italians in the same way alderaan is like space latin america like yeah no i get you 
All right. Let's talk about this show. Yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. It's the only thing we ever talk about. So the recap is that it is Empire Day, which is the day where Palpatine was like, the first ever galactic empire. Which, Uh, side note, I found out is something that was developed for the live action series that George never got off the ground. Anyway. uh, It's it's the Liberty Dies Thunderous Applause Day. And (laughs) it is also Ezra's birthday and coincidentally Luke and Leia's birthday. But Ezra's kind of moody that it's his birthday, uh, and there's this big parade. It's like 4th of July. Uh, it's got this dope Imperial March playing that's like super upbeat. And the the crew is up to some, I mean, terrorism? Like, Yeah, you could call it that. They're, they're like sabotaging the parade. Uh, they're, they're not like looking to hurt anyone, but they're... They're trying to show that, like, the Empire isn't invulnerable to damage. Like, it can be touched. And attacking this huge military parade in kind of a showy way is uh, getting their point across. Uh, It's a great bit. Uh, The Inquisitor shows up. Uh, The crew kind of scatters. Ezra leads them back to his old house, and they run into this Roydian with a cybernetic implant a la Lobot. And uh, his name is Sibo. Yes. And uh, he knew Ezra's parents. And that's kind of how the first episode ends. Episode two is them trying to escape. They get to the ghost and they still have Sibo and the Inquisitor is hot in pursuit. It's kind of revealed that Sibo betrayed the Bridgers and Ezra's pissed. Yes. They realize they're being tracked. Sibo kind of helps them out with that. Kanan and Ezra decide to lead the Inquisitor to the planet with the Fearnox and get away from the baddies. Sibo reveals that he has been uh, trying to rescue the Bridgers, essentially, and he gives Sabine some info on where they're at. Kanan and Ezra fight the Inquisitor. It is not going super great. Ezra mm. still only has a fucking slingshot. But he he kind of comes to peace with himself and forgiving Sibo, and uh, is then able to use the Force in a very dramatic way, which is summoning and kind of beast bonding with the the big ol' Fearnock. It maybe touches the dark side. Defo touches dark side. Oh yeah. But they defeat the Inquisitor and get away. And Sibo gets handed off to uh, what is implied to be, like, Bail Organa. And then Ezra gets a picture of his family. Yeah, I love that moment. Um, it, I remember the uh, the episode guide states, I just checked it uh, on StarWars.com, it specifically states that that is not the Tanta V4, which is obvious, but I think, like, the fact that they stated that, I don't know, I think that, I don't know, I, I guess uh, I always took Rebels- that as Fulcrum. Rebels Recon uh, confirmed it to be an Alderanian. Okay, so then it probably uh, Corvette, is. Okay. Which is why, like, I just was like, right. you know, even if Bail Organa is not on that shit, if it's an Alderanian Corvette working for the Alliance, it is going back to Bail Organa. It's definitely, yeah, like, that's where he's headed. Oh, man. Oh, that's not good. Because uh, then Sibo went to Alderaan. Yeah, Sibo probably got nuked. Oh. Death starred. Bad times. Yeah, not good. Okay. Aww. Um, he well, might have been transferred off of there. Like, Bail Organa might have hooked him up with, like, a rebel cell. Yeah, he probably did. Because he's so useful. I mean, he's got yeah. access to so much, like... 
Um, I like to low-key think that the Alliance is trying to remove the cybernetic. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, but, Try and get uh, him back to you know, I guess use it while it's attached and... kind of thing. Yeah, these are great two episodes. Uh, it, it is, I think, the most active rebellion we have seen the Rebels do. Like, we have seen them rob some Imperial shipments and some cargo, and I guess they blew up that Kyber crystal, but, like, this is... This is a very showy act of defiance. Yes. Like, this is meant to inspire the populace kind of thing. Yeah, most definitely. Any favorite moments for you? Anything you want to dive into? Um, I, Like I said, I love the picture at the end. That's just a nice, like, it's good to see Ezra happy. I'm not one of those people that needs a happy ending for every character. I'm not one of those people that gets, like, super emotional when I see these characters suffer because in the end it's more about the themes than the characters for me but it's just very satisfying after where we're at in the show to see Ezra happy like I'm trying to think of other moments in the show where we see Ezra genuinely happy and the funny thing is there's really not a lot of them yeah no Ezra's got it kind of rough yeah I'll say uh, I do love the picture at the end uh, anytime we get to see the Grand Inquisitor is a good time Yes. He is a phenomenal antagonist and uh Dude, Ezra gets his moment like standing up to him for the first time. Really standing yeah, up to him. For sure. That's and beautiful. It's, just to like the Grand Inquisitor's relationship with Kanan is so intriguing. Especially hearing uh I think I mentioned before, like Freddie Prince Jr. talk about it, where he views the Inquisitor as Kanan's master, like his, yeah. his his nemesis is the, is the one who is finishing his training. And when you look at the relationship through that angle, every time you they fight, you do see how it's this workshop for Kanan. Yeah, it was it was beaten into my head in college that um, the antagonist is not necessarily a villain, but it is the character that teaches the protagonist the most important lesson, what they that what they want is not what they should achieve, but what they need is what they should achieve or whatever. And in this case, I mean, the antagonist is, is definitely both a villain and that character that he's, that's who Kanan learns the most from. I would say the Inquisitor and Ezra are the two people teaching Kanan. And to be honest, like finishing Kanan's uh, like Jedi school. That's an and, interesting take. And yeah. it's not, it's not until Kanan kind of adopts Ezra's style that he is able to defeat the Inquisitor. It's not till he, uh, you know, picks up Ezra's lightsaber in that finale yeah. and starts uh, fighting in a very, uh, like, street smart and, like, cheap yeah. kind of way that he gets the upper edge, whereas, like, the Inquisitor is teaching him a master's class in fencing technique, and, like, that's not what's going to win the day. No, it's... Yeah, I'd really like that. And that sort of underscores the sort of the theme of Rebels that is like family and also thinking outside of the box and all these different ways to win. Because I remember at the very first Star Wars Rebels panel ever, it was at Celebration Germany in 2013, where they showed off the ghost and the overall look of the show. Filoni said something that I really liked where like he said that in Clone Wars, 
they tried to give stakes and they succeeded, but it was more like it was never situational. If Anakin crashed his Jedi starfighter, you knew that he had the resources of the Republic behind him and he would get a new starfighter before the day was over, maybe. But in Rebels, like if I think he used this, this never happened, but he used the example of like if a gun turret got shot off the ghost, what now? Yeah. And it's that situational kind of adversity that Rebels really sells. I mean, it's there in the original trilogy, but the story structure of Rebels just really sells that. I mean, how long does it take him to get a new Phantom? Yeah. Like, they, like when, they, when they lose something, it's it's lost. It's 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 gone. Yeah, it hurts. It is, going to, it is going to be a while till they get a new one. And uh, I think I think the stakes are really high in these two episodes. Yes. Um like they're they're kind of a stressful watch. Yeah, they are. And it's 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 kind of the first time that you feel the empire breathing down their necks. Like they're trying to fight the empire from the beginning of the show. But now the empire is trying to fight them. And that's different. This is really the start of the hunt and it is yeah. going to be this cat and mouse game uh well into season 2. Oh, definitely. I mean, I would argue for the rest of the show. Like, the interesting thing about Rebels is that they can never win because the Battle of Scarif needs to be the first real victory. I think the hunt really changes once Thrawn arrives. Like, that is the start True. of the new one. But oh, yeah, this that's... One, this one starts with the Inquisitorius and leads to Vader. And yeah. then Vader leaves and Thrawn steps in and it's it's a new challenger. Yeah, man. I remember when he said, my master will not be pleased. The first time I saw this episode, I like I about jumped up because I, I kind of thought we were going to get Vader now, but I'm glad we didn't. But that's really the first time that we get a hint that like Darth Vader may turn his attentions to these characters. Yeah, outside of the first episode with that brief Vader scene. Well, that was that was added for the ABC primetime like re-airing. That was not in there as the episode originally was. Yeah. Sabine's cool. I just really like Sabine. She's great in these episodes. Um, she's a great character. Uh, I like that she's like the group translator. Like, did that come up at all in these episodes? No, Sibo was speaking basic, right? Yes. Yeah. Or no, 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 no. He he had some Hatties dialogue, but I don't know if that was her translation or. Yeah, I just think Sabine's a great character and it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a badass. For sure. I I I like her more when we get into the Mandalorian stuff just because that's a very interesting side of her character. But I really enjoyed her from the beginning just cuz it's it's such a different character. Like Ezra's kind of Luke Skywalker, you know, Kanan has elements of Jedi mentors from before. Here is the pilot, Zeb's chewy but he talks now like not that they're not original, but Sabine you really can't pinned to anybody like she's kind of Han Solo there's a little Boba Fett happening there for some reason she's got Leia and Luke elements there's some Anakin like so cool she really feels like a teenager like yeah she 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 is this badass warrior and she is mature of her age but she's kind of red dawn in that like she's a kid who has had to be forced to adapt and grow up but like there's still that element of like she likes her art and she's got like her hobbies and uh, like the war hasn't quite taken everything from her. 
No, not at all. I mean, she she dyes her hair. She has fun. She tags her brother's bedroom when he's out having fun with his other brother. Like, man, she's she's cool and she's real. Yeah. Any any other big positives from these episodes? Uh, I guess I like Ezra's beast kind of connection. Yeah, that's I love fun. that we're seeing that early on and it's going to be bigger later, but it's, it's a cool force power. Yeah, that's that pays. Off. I mean, that's probably the biggest payoff of the the ending. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, I like that. And I like I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a TIE fighter dogfight. And the opening of the second episode is like some good Star Wars space action. I love the Inquisitor's TIE fighter. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And I like his uh, his. Did you know his TIE helmet? is the very first exploration pencil sketch that Ralph McQuarrie did for Darth Vader. I did not, but that's super cool. Yeah, I, I, somebody posted that a couple of years ago, and I saw it. They weren't even posting it as the Inquisitor's tie helmet, but as like the first sketch that Ralph ever did for Darth Vader, and I was like, holy shit. I love, too, that the Inquisitor's tie is like a shittier version of <laughs> Vader's. Yes, everything about the Inquisitor is a shittier version of everything about yeah. Vader. I love that. I mean, it's super cool. But, like, to, to, to show that in ship design is is a clever use of, of that. Like, oh, yeah. It's neat. I love that. Yeah, these are great episodes. These are fun ones. They are. Uh, any, any, anything you disliked? Was waiting for you to ask. I have such an issue, and I can't decide if it's from a story perspective or an emotional perspective, which I try to keep up, um, that they don't tell Ezra. He never finds out that his parents are alive. Nobody ever tells him. She's about to. And then Kanan's like, Ezra needs some time alone. And then they never tell him. Oh. That's weird. Yeah. And then Ryder Azadi winds up telling him shit yeah 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 that's not for a while that's not for a long time that's like a year yeah wow okay that that's a fair point yeah someone dropped the ball there whoops yeah i don't know what's up with that i um yeah i don't know that's bizarre yeah, I don't know if it was just like a case of the writers forgetting as happens or like if there's something else going on. Like, that's my one major issue with these episodes. Aaron Taylor, right? Is that who plays Ezra? Uh, Taylor Gray. Taylor Gray. I don't know where I got Aaron from, but yeah, Taylor Gray. Uh, not his best work. Like, I, I do think he's yeah. a great voice actor and very talented and I love his portrayal of Ezra. And I don't know if these were just some of the first ones they recorded and he didn't like quite have the character done yet, but I feel like he's doing uh, the vast majority of the emotional lifting in these two episodes and that it's just uh, not his best work. Interesting. I didn't it didn't really stand out to me one way or the other. I don't necessarily think it's bad. Like I wouldn't say it's. It's bad if these were like the first episodes of uh, Rebels I saw, I'd think it was fine. But uh, I feel like we see him do some amazing, uh, really emotionally powerful episodes as Ezra and compare. You just hold this episode next yeah. to them and it's uh, it's noticeably, I, I think, uh, lacking. Um, again, love the guy. Phenomenal 
phenomenal voice actor, yeah. but uh, I just don't think these are some of his stronger episodes. That's fair. Yeah, they definitely don't stand out as like an amazing performance. I think some of his best performances are after Kanan dies. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And him dealing with Kanan going blind, I think, is yeah, really powerful even, and upsetting. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I guess it's unfair to hold up any one season one acting and compare it to, you know, season mm-hmm. four of, of having been with the character. But yeah, but, um, no, I see what you're I saying. Just, yeah, like I just I, I don't I don't think he was, uh, you know, at, at his center on these ones. No. I think he's a little little noticeably off for me. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, uh, other than um, I hate to use the word plot hole because fucking cinema sins is is garbage and dumb and, yeah. and has ruined it. But it does seem a little weird that yeah. they didn't mention it. So other than that and me not really loving Ezra, I don't think there's anything else I can say about these episodes. No, they're they're great being, fun. Being bad, they're they're really solid. Uh, they're they're really really good. Yeah. We're going to say that for like every episode of Rebels, but these, it these is a ones, great I, show. But yeah, these are especially good. I feel like if you like just wanted to speed someone through season one, you'd maybe show them the premiere, uh, these ones, and then next week's and then like the finale. And like, that's a good encapsulation of what season one of Rebels is. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would say from here on out, besides the Gal Travis episode, which really doesn't do much, um, it's a good character beat for Ezra, but somewhat flawed, and we'll get to why I think that when we get to it. Um, from here on out, though, they are all pretty essential, but I agree with your assessment of like which ones are very essential. Oh, and I mean, this is the mid-season finale, which, like, what a note to end on. Yeah. Wow. I remember waiting for the Path of the Jedi. Wow. Yeah, so really, really strong ending for the first half of season one right here. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like definitely has you excited for what's to come next. I think the next episode is probably my favorite one in season one. Yeah, same here. And they kind of hint that we're going to get some cool Jedi stuff now because Kanan has like, I wouldn't say regrets, but like something cool is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for... Force Friends rewatch, kind of a shorter one this week, but when the episode's really strong, it's almost harder to talk about. Like, yeah, I agree with that. There's not much to say besides it was good and tell the boy about his parents. And like these, these parts are are particularly stand out. Yeah. Um, maybe another negative is just like I feel like we haven't gotten a, like much Zeb in a while. But yeah, I don't like that's not the episode's fault. I just I could use a little bit more Zeb. Yeah, I agree with that. He's just kind of there right now. Yeah, he's yeah. not really an active agent in the action, and it kind of stays that way until he meets Callus. Well, they've they've met, but well, until, yeah, until, but until they until become he actually boyfriends. talks to him. Yeah, you until know. they start dating. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I don't think they start dating until like after sometime between the series and the epilogue. No, that that ice cave is their first date. Interesting. I mean, I think that like looking back on it when they're old, they'll 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 see it that way. But I imagine their first official date was like, I don't know. Why don't you uh, get onto our Discord server and tell us what you think Zeb and Callus's first official date was like? 
Yeah. Or hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter and tell us Callus is and Zeb's first date. I will lose sleep over it if you don't. Yeah, just, I need to, just I need to hear opinions. Yeah, I, yeah, it's the only time I'll ever ask for someone's Star Wars opinion. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll <laughs> I, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, toss some coins to your podcasters on our Kofi. Uh, it's like Force Friends rewatch or something. I don't remember yes, exactly what it rewatch. is, but give us money. We want it, please. Yeah. Um, if you want to give us money, you'll find it. Credits will That's be a good fine. Attitude, right? <laughs> um, we have a Discord. Uh, it's attached to the Lunar Light Discord channel. You do not need to be a patron to join the Discord, um, mm. but be a patron also. Yeah. Um, you do need to uh, have a healthy interest in the Kalazeb ship to join the Discord, though. That is actually a requirement. That is true. I will boot you the fuck out yeah. of our Discord if you There's don't a fine ship if you're not. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, we have a Twitter, uh, Force Runs Pod, and uh, yeah, that's like everything. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. We're great. And cool. Yeah, that's the that's the show. Uh, that's we'll catch the show. you next week. We still don't really have a sign-off yet. I have a good one for today. Hit us with it. Happy birthday, Ezra Bridger. Yeah, happy birthday, Ezra Bridger. <laughs> Your parents are alive. Don't be sad about it. I'm I mean, sad that we had to be the ones to tell you. They die later, but like you can be happy right now. Kind of your fault, but we'll get to it. Oh, Jesus. Okay, we're ending it there. <laughs> Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.